What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Dan Needs to Talk. And today, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Lots of crazy characters, doing lots of crazy stuff. Let's get into it. So, I hope everybody out there is doing well. Hope you're having a good day, good evening, whatever the case may be for your part of the world. Um, I'm doing pretty good today. I have had a busy but productive last week. Um, not not too much craziness going on around the house. Uh, none, none of the kids had any uh actual games and stuff, you know, just the usual practices and stuff like that. So I had to take my daughter to her track practice uh, Saturday morning and, you know, kind of kind of use that time in between, you know, me watching her and watching the practice of kind of, you know, using that free time because it was like two hours to, you know, read on some manga. Um, you know, I've, I've definitely been trying to, especially since I started doing the podcast, trying to be more time conscience, you know, of course, you know, it, it is fine, you know, to have just free time and out of time, you know, we're just kind of just browsing the web, you know, flipping through Twitter, Facebook, whatever the case may be, but I've definitely tried to be more cognizant recently of how I am using that time and not, you know, wasting too much of it on social media, because it's like, okay, you know, like I mentioned before with work, you know, there's some days where, hey, we're busy, nonstop from the time we get there to the time we leave. But then there's other days where it's like, okay, you know, kind of ebbs and flows and it might be a little bit slower. And so it's like, yeah, it's fine, you know, to have moments where I am you know, just surfing social media or whatever. But I'm also trying to maximize my time as well because I figure, like, okay, you know what? There's been plenty of days where I've wasted it away, you know, just mindlessly web searching. You know, it's, it's, it's not so much a thing of like, hey, I'm surfing the web, doing research, learning, finding out stuff, and more so just, you know, looking at the garbage <laughs> that's just floating around. So, yeah. Uh, so in that time, you know, I use some of that time to do more research and stuff on stuff for the podcast, you know. As far as, you know, kind of monitoring my stuff on the back end, learning from other people, you know, kind of finding other smaller content creators and newer podcasters and kind of, you know, following them and listening to their shows and just, you know, just learning, seeing what stuff like, okay, this is some stuff that, some stuff that they do differently, that they do similarly, you know, okay, they've, you know, started around the same time I did or they've been going for about a year, six months, whatever the case may be. So, yeah, just kind of using those times to learn. Um, you know, been doing better by keeping up on tech news, which I should be doing anyways, you know, because it's, you know, uh, prevalent to my job, me being in IT. But, you know, I've also been using some of that time recently to learn and figure out how to build a website. Um, of course, you know, things have gotten way simpler from even, you know, compared to like 10 years plus back, you know, where, hey, you had to code everything for a website, whereas now you have places like Squarespace and stuff like that that have these kind of already built templates and you're just kind of like taking a solid template, adjusting, making tweaks, you know, so on and so forth. And yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing Um during my downtime at work is, you know, watching videos, doing research and kind of slowly building a website to kind of hopefully at some point kind of complement this podcast. So, you know, it's not nothing that I'm super rushing on. Like I said, just, I'm just kind of having fun, taking my time, learning on it over, you know, over a slow period of time. So, so yeah, so that's pretty much been what's been going on with me. Um, pretty much, you know, like I said, just reading manga, the usual stuff, catch up on TV shows, which I'll get into a bit later. And yeah, so 
take a quick break and we're going to jump into, jump into a bit of housekeeping. Actually, continuing on, there is one more thing I do kind of want to add on to stuff I've been up to this last week. So, um, and I kind of just kind of keep this short. So, a couple of days ago, I had got a surprising phone call from, I guess, I guess I'll call him a old mentor. So, it's a guy, um, I'll just, you know, just use his last name, Mr. Callaway. So, Mr. Callaway is somebody that was very instrumental in me kind of getting kicked off on my professional IT career. So, um, I, I guess a little, little bit of backstory. So, years ago, I think it's been like eight years ago now, or close to it, it was uh, fall of 2013 when I first met Mr. Callaway. Uh, back then, that was when I was, you know, I think I was, what, 23, single, living with my sister and her family. Well, at the time, my barber was a close friend of my brother-in-law's. So, you know, that's where I would go. Um, up in the Denton area every, you know, couple weeks, however often to get my haircuts. Well, this particular time, like I said, this was around maybe like November, December, somewhere in there um, in the fall, which is there like I've been a million other times. And when I was in the church getting my haircut, you know, me and my barber, we were having, you know, just talking about stuff and some way or another, the topic of me doing IT, you know, either going to school for IT or whatever the case may be, came up. And then coincidentally, Mr. Callaway was there sitting in the corner and come to find out he was an IT recruiter. So we exchanged information, connected. Um, you know, I wasn't needing a job at the moment because I was, you know, working at GameStop. That was going pretty good. But uh, fast forward a few months later, and may maybe I'll do like a full separate episode on this, but anyway, uh, fast forward a few months later to February, 2014, ended up losing my job at GameStop. Um, cause a couple of guys came into my store, robbed it, stole the Xbox one. Since I was the lead in charge that night, the blame fell on me and I was out of job. Unfortunately, after, you know, being with GameStop collectively for like four plus years and never having an issue. So, yeah, that still leaves a sour taste in my mouth uh, for the corporate side of GameStop. I guess that's the best way I can say it. So, anywho, reach out to Mr. Callaway and tell him, like, hey, looking for a job. And he's like, all right, give me a few days, see what I can do. He comes back a few days later and wants to submit my resume to a contract job at Microsoft headquarters in Irving here in Irving, Texas. Now, mind you, like I said, at, at this point, the closest, any resemblance of a professional IT job I had was a few months, I think in mid-2013, when I had worked at a computer refurbishment center. Um, you know, but otherwise, I didn't have any professional IT work. You know, I just had my certifications, my my dual associate degrees in, you know, desktop support and network administration and my A plus and net plus certifications, but that was it. But Mr. Callaway tossed my head in the, my name in the ring just to see what would happen. And I ended up getting the job. So, and literally I ended up, I guess, impressing him so much that I snatched it from the hands of somebody else. Like there was a, another person that was literally, at the point of where they're about to get an offer and they asked Mr. Keller, like, Hey, you no, know, just, just to be sure we want to you know. They like, look at another candidate or two. Do you have anybody else? And that's where I came in and I got the job and the rest is history. So fast forwarding to present day. Um, and Hey, and I guess just one quick thing, like that was a life changing moment for me going from working at GameStop still considered part-time making with like nine bucks an hour to getting a freaking contract job with Microsoft and pretty much doubling that overnight 
dude, I started like at 18, 19 bucks, you know, like I said, for somebody like early twenties going from $9 to, you know, almost 20 is pretty mind, mind blowing and life changing. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I've always been a very grateful to Mr. Callaway for taking that chance on me and, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, we, we have, of course, you know, collaborated and kept in contact here and there over the years. I, th- I think at least maybe minimum once every year, year and a half, you know, we've done check-ins where he's called me, I've called him, so on and so forth. And so, yeah, the other day he happened just to reach out to me out the blue. You know, I'm just hanging out, you know, doing my thing at work. And I see his name pop up on my phone. <laughs> and it, that's that's literally, I call that uh, opportunity is calling. You know, and, and, you know, at this point, it's like it's either opportunity for myself or opportunity for somebody else. And so, yeah, he was calling me to just, you know, for one, check on me because we hadn't talked, I think, at that point, like maybe close to a couple of years because he was like, hey, how's things going at Parkland? And I'm like, man, that was, that was two jobs ago. <laughs> you know, I've had a whole whole new baby since then. So, you know, with Vash. So, but uh, anywho, yeah, we were catching up and, you know, he was reaching out because he had a a entry-level position. You know, he was just wanting to know if, if I had anybody in mind. And at the time, I, you know, don't really have anybody. But, of course, now I'll put the word out and try to spread that. But uh, the point of me saying this is just that um, – our relationship is one of the key examples I've used over the years of like, hey, you know, be yourself, let your work ethic speak for itself. Because like I said, here we are eight years later and he will still, you know, reach out to me out the blue for like, hey, I got an opportunity either, you know, like I said, for me or for potentially somebody I might know. And so that's the beauty of networking and making these connections and these bonds and basically, you know, just kind of like, hey, keeping up with your contacts, even after you move on and stuff, because you never know. There's been plenty of times over the years where I've had situations pop up with like, oh, man, I really could use somebody that has this skill set to to talk to or to advise me on something and you know, I try to keep those contacts and vice versa. I'll have people that will call me out the blue that I haven't spoken to sometimes in five, ten years. I'm like, hey, I remember you did IT or you do X, Y, Z. Can you help me out? So, yeah, um, like I said, I'm, I'm going to do a probably like a full episode just talking about the the power and the beauty of networking with people um, at some point in the future. Because, yeah, I feel like it's a very powerful uh skill set to have and to learn so so yeah so now <laughs> we'll, we'll go into housekeeping all right so just a couple of quick little housekeeping notes um for those of y'all who maybe didn't notice you know who knows because these were kind of out the blue and random um over the weekend i had released two different uh special episodes of the podcast um, one specifically dedicated to Attack on Titan manga finale and my thoughts on the series as a whole. So um, I feel like with, with with that being such a big moment that that deserved its own separate time for me to just you know specifically speak on that. So if you want to hear my thoughts on the final chapter of Attack on Titan... So, yeah, so, yeah, if, if, if you want to hear my thoughts on, like I said, the, the final chapter of Attack on Titan and, and you know, like I said, just kind of just me reflecting on my history and time with the series as a whole, please go check that episode out. Um, you know, it's easy to find in the feed is, you know, called Attack on Titan. So, and then I also did a special, another special episode for my read through of the Vinland Saga manga. So I had just finished reading book five, which covers volumes nine and 10. So pretty much all the stuff that, uh, that takes place directly after, you know, what was covered in season one with all the prologue stuff. So, you know, pretty much, uh, chapters 
55 to 71, uh, which is the start of the farmland slash slave arc in Villain Saga. So, um, so yeah, so please go check those out. Like I said, once again, special episodes for Attack on Titan and Villain Saga, respectively. Um, cause I think, I think what I'm gonna do is, you know, for a lot of those manga volumes that I've purchased recently and any that I might purchase in the future, I think I'll try to do special one-off episodes specifically for those. Um, cause like I said, it's just a lot of content, several chapters. Cause I think that was like, for Villain Saga, that was like. 14, 16 chapters. So, you know, just kind of giving that stuff time to breathe and for me to focus versus, you know, kind of getting lost in the shuffle of, you know, these longer episodes that I do with a bunch of other shows and games and TV series and stuff. So, um, so yeah, so please go check those out and, you know, look forward to more of those over time. So let's go on to a couple of quick news hits. All right, so just a couple of just really quick news hits. Don't have too much this week um, that I want to talk about news-wise, but just some stuff of interest. So uh, the movie tickets for Demon Slayer went live last week. So if you're interested and maybe have the opportunity, I know, of course, it's still, you know, a lot of nervousness and caution about going back into you know, actual movie theaters with everything still going on in the world. But for those of you that are interested in, interested and might want to, tickets are available on sale now. Um, I managed to snag me one, um, I believe, for that release night of the April 22nd, I believe. So I'm going to hopefully get to go see it in an IMAX viewing. So that should be pretty awesome to see freaking Demon Slayer on the big screen like that. So, yeah, the Demon Slayer movie tickets out now. And last little thing, um, for the gaming side, um, they announced last week that there will be a digital-only, online-only version of E3 this year happening June 12th through 15th. So, yeah, uh, like I said, just a little quick little update just to put that stuff on your radar. Uh, so, yeah, so E3, more or less back in some form or fashion this summer in June. And go pick up your Demon Slayer tickets. So, all right, another quick break, and let's get into some TV stuff. All right, so jumping right in. So, Falcon and Winter Soldier episode four. Um, each week, this show continues to surprise me. All across the board, you know, I'm I'm really loving getting to see Sam and Bucky respectively, but especially Sam get a lot more shine and a lot more, you know, focus. Cause like, like I mentioned before on a previous episode, you know, it was like, it was like that first episode of the show. It was like, man, it's like, it's like, okay, I got to hear him speak more in like the first 15 minutes. And I have, across all the various movies and stuff that he's been in. So, so yeah, so this, this is actually been really cool to see him get his moments in the spotlight. Um, and like I said, and then Bucky as well, not to take nothing from Bucky, but you know, just as, as a black male myself getting to see, you know, more representation and stuff front and center on the screen. It's very awesome. So, uh, but yeah, but going on into the episode, so, yeah, across the board, <laughs> it was just pretty wild from beginning to end, you know, getting to see, you know, the flashbacks of Bucky and Wakanda and him going through his struggles and then finally overcoming, you know, not being able to be controlled by those code words and stuff like that. So that, that was very nice to see. Uh, speaking of Wakanda, the fight scene between... I don't know how to pronounce their name, the Doralaje, I don't know, but the the female warriors from Wakanda, seeing them all kind of get to fight and scrap with John Walker and then Bucky and Sam and all of them, 
and that pretty cool fight sequence and just you know pretty much that was a moment that just like pretty much tore down what little bits of confidence John Walker had of just like hey you got all these just powerful people that don't even have any type of like super soldier serum beating your butt you know and and them knowing how to deal with the you know with the shield as well as Bucky's arm because that, that was a freaking badass scene where that one uh, warrior used her hand to hit certain points on Bucky's arm to dislocate his vibranium arm and it was just kind of fun just watching her, her just kind of pop 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 and then his arm just falling off <laughs> and then you know, the other lady throwing the spear to lock down John Walker's uh, the Captain America shield um so yeah so that that was very fun um I did appreciate the kind of more you know personal moments where Sam used his skill set as somebody that kind of you know speaks with veterans and traumatized people and try to use that to help work with uh I forget I can't remember the young lady's name but the lady that's the leader of the flag smashers and kind of you know meeting her at the funeral and kind of talking to her and she was and he was getting through to her you know they were kind of understanding each other's ideals and stuff like that but it just sucked that freaking John Walker is so gung-ho on trying to prove himself and everything that you know he gets impatient and just rushes in and just rushes in to uh you know to disrupt everything and then now you know she started losing trust in Sam thinking okay she was, he was just trying to set her up but yeah and then uh you know having that moment with Zemo them um actually during after all that stuff with the with the with the flag smasher leader and Zemo sneaking in you know firing shots at her and she dropping the extra vials of the uh of the super soldier serum that she had got and you know John Walker ended up picking up some of those and then we later find out, you know, later in the episode, in the episode that he actually, you know, took it. But then we, you know, of course, see the ramifications of that to where him taking that along with his, you know, horrible temper um, was a very bad mix. Cause, you know, he's already tweaking and losing it. And in turn, it unfortunately cost his partner his life. Uh you know, but and then that came back and we saw John Walker end up using his shield to bludgeon and beat somebody's head in with the freaking shield out in public in front of everybody. And it's like he's like out, out in the middle of like a town square, stew baking for his life and he's using this shield which is such a powerful symbol and it was just kind of a crazy shot with the camera pan around and seeing the shield freaking covered in blood so I know, I know like some of the other discussions stuff I was listening to people were, were talking about how it feels like that's kind of like kind of like one of the more brutal scenes as far as, you know, like blood and stuff that we've seen across the series. Now, of course, you know, we've seen, you know, Bucky do some crazy stuff and Thanos and several other characters. But as far as just like raw, like, hey, here's, you know, a weapon or whatever covered in blood. Don't think we really had that, you know, too much before. So, so yeah, so very curious to see, you know, where that's going to lead to. But, um, but yeah, but like I said, once again, just a very awesome, another awesome episode and, Looking forward to the next one. Um, just kind of sucks. We only have what, like, I think like three episodes, maybe a few episodes left. So, but I'm definitely gonna continue to enjoy it until the end. So, just moving on to the next one. All right. So, next, moving on to Invincible episode five. So, once again, <laughs> another crazy episode of characters doing some wild stuff. So, 
we have uh, one of the one of the main characters of focus this episode was this guy whose nickname was Titan. So black dude that can kind of basically kind of like harden or shield his whole body with kind of like this like stone rock material or something like that. Uh, you know, finding out he was working for this villain named Machine Head who, you know, of course, as usual, you know, was using the guy's family as leverage to have him continue to work for him and to exploit him and stuff like that. And so eventually in the episode, you know, we see, oh, and, and fun thing too, uh, Titan is voiced by Mahershala Ali. So that was pretty cool to see. And, uh, but yeah, like watching him eventually, you know, reach out to Invincible and get him to help him try to take down this machine head dude. And so it was really cool how, you know, he brought Mark down basically to, to ground level, so to speak. And to show him, like, hey, there are struggles and stuff going on everywhere. Everything, you know, everything isn't these big global galaxy-sized, you know, alien invasions. It's like, hey, we have struggles and stuff down here in the smaller neighborhoods and parts of towns and stuff that y'all usually ignore, you know. And then, you know, we had a very interesting conversation where, you know, Mark was talking with his mom and dad about, you know, if he should help and all this stuff. And of course, his dad is like, no, you're a Viltrumite. You're above this. Our purpose is to help bigger people um, and bigger objectives and stuff, not you know, dealing with these petty squabbles and stuff. Let some other smaller heroes take care of that. But then, you know, his mother speaks up and is like, no, you know, it's basically saying, you know, you're you're never you're never too good or too big to help out someone, no matter how big or small the problem. You're never too good to do that. So that that was, you know, just really cool just to continue to see the mother stepping up and asserting herself into uh more prominence and stuff and not just letting the dad just fully more or less kind of you know, like brainwash and mold the son into a carbon copy of himself. But, uh, but of course, you know, later on in the episode, you know, we do see when Mark and Titan do try to go and fight the dude. Of course, it was a setup and trap where the guy had hired like six villains to come in and help. Um, and so that was a just a freaking wild fight scene, watching them get their butts beat up. And then uh, some of the Guardian people eventually come in to help thanks to a anonymous phone call, which, you know, is from his dad because we see a few times during that fight, uh, Omni man, you know, Mark's dad, just kind of just standing, just floating in the sky, just watching all this going down, watching his son get his ass beat, <laughs> you know, which is kind of crazy, but, uh, you know, I guess, Hey, at least he called in some backup, but yeah, it was just kind of crazy. Just watching Mark get, decimated get the other heroes getting they heads bashed in and pretty much on the verge of death um and he's just standing back and just watching it watching it all happen um i do like how they you know while there is a lot of stuff going on because one of my uh friends had mentioned how you know, it was like she feels like it's, you know, too much stuff going on and it's kind of confusing, you know, which, you know, I, I can definitely see where she's coming from. But I do like how, you know, you can kind of see the small flames starting in all these corners of the series that will eventually, you know, probably come back later on in the story or will loop and tie in together because like how, you know, the uh, Mark's girlfriend, Amber, you know, she was wanting him to come help out at a shelter that she grew up in and stuff, helping feed people. And then seeing the tie-in with Titan and his family, and that's where his daughter and stuff is kind of uh, getting help and stuff from, 
you know, when he's out, you know, doing stuff. So seeing all these, you know, these various threads kind of cross and interweave is very cool and very interesting. Um, you know, kind of, kind of going back to the mom, you know, seeing her continue to do her own research and investigations, uh, into, you know, what's, what secrets her husband is hiding. And, you know, that was the really cool moment where she basically planned out how long it would take him to go to these various places across the globe to get, you know, stuff for dinner while she investigated the house and try to, you know, locate his suit that had the blood and all that stuff. So, yeah, very, very curious to see where that's going. Um, very eager to, as I've mentioned before, jump into the comic and see where this all goes. I'm doing my best to try to hold out and at least watch all of this first season of the of the animated series because it's only got like maybe I think like three episodes left, I believe, uh, which is crazy. It's so short, but I get it. There, This is more or less like a testing thing of like, hey, are people going to like this? And then hopefully the following season will be longer and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, I'm definitely chomping at the bit so to speak to to jump into um the comic and to just see how and where all this stuff plays out so um so yeah so and of course you know, there's lots of other stuff going on but like I said just kind of just giving my general thoughts on this so yeah let's move on to the next thing all right so next show I'm gonna cover um it's a new anime series from this season, uh, the spring season, uh, it's called Tokyo Revengers. Now, this is a series I've heard about here and there over the years. And so, of course, that have you know, obviously put it on my radar of stuff to check out and be on the lookout for. And so I enjoyed this first episode. So I guess it's just a little bit of backstory. So uh, more or less, uh, it follows this this guy who, I guess by now he's probably like his like early twenties or whatever the case may be. But anywho, you know he feels like he hasn't really had much excitement and stuff in his life since back in middle school. And so one day, and I guess this is this be kind of like slight spoilers for episode one a bit, but it's necessary to kind of explain the plot or the setup. But basically, um, one day he's heading to the train station. He's on the platform waiting for the train. And a hand comes up behind him and just boop, pushes him out, pushes him out in front of the train. And then when he wakes up, he's back like 15, however many, like 10 years, whatever it was, back in middle school with his old friends, old buddies. And so I guess back, back when he was in middle school, he was a delinquent, you know, so they had their own like little first year middle schooler gang and stuff like that. Um, he has a little girlfriend, uh, which which I guess that's just another point of the setup was before he got pushed off the platform earlier in that day or the day before he had saw on the news that both the girl he used to date in middle school, her and her brother were both killed by this gang, which we found out later on was a delinquent gang that he encountered back in middle school so I guess you know those guys just kind of kept on being bad and doing stuff into adulthood and then stuff happened and it led to the murder of these two people well so basically like I said he kind of gets taken back in time to this time and it takes a while you know obviously for him to realize that like okay he's actually back because he still has all his current day knowledge because certain things were coming up and he was like, isn't that, isn't this the moment when that happens or when this happens? And it was, you know, for a lot of stuff. So, uh, so yeah, so overall, you know, like I said, the, the premise seems interesting. Um, you know, there, there are some other tidbits in there, but I don't want to spoil too much, you know, for anybody that will, uh, you know, might be interested in checking it out. But, um, but yeah, like I said, it's called Tokyo Revengers. So, um, looking to it um i was watching it on i believe on crunchyroll so 
yeah, Tokyo Revengers. Interested to see where this goes. Uh, I, I got, I guess, one other point of comparison which I didn't you know hear about until after I, after I had already watched the episode, but a lot of people said that they were comparing it to similar things to Erased. So if you ever watched the anime show or series Erased, then you that might kind of be another point of context for maybe what to expect with this show. So yeah, check it out. All right, so another new show I'm going to cover from this new season of anime is Megalobox Season 2, Nomad. So, just real quick, I just brief touch on it. So, I really did enjoy that first season, primarily especially the music above all else. And watching the first two episodes, because right now it's two episodes of Megalobox, Nomad out. And music's on point. Fighting has been good. Um, you know, basically, definitely very interested to see what Joe has been up to in these years because we find out that it's been five years since he won the championship at the end of season one. And it seems like, you know, of course, he's been through some tough times because now he's this wandering fighter that goes by the alias of Nomad. And so. Yeah, he just kind of traveling around from place to place, getting to these little matches and stuff. And he eventually ends up at this little community of basically like immigrants and stuff in this abandoned amusement park where he, you know, he ends up getting there because this kid ends up stealing his motorcycle. And when he goes there, the person he runs into is the kid's mother named Marla. And so... Yeah, just you know, very interested to see where their relationship and stuff go and how that develops, you know, as the season goes on. And then there was that kind of tease towards the end of the, the this second episode that he had something to do with killing his former boxing mentor slash trainer. So, nature is, you know, like I said, to learn more about what's going on there so but um yeah megalobox uh nomad um i i guess for context just in case somebody's randomly listening to listening to this and don't know what megalobox is it's basically a boxing anime that has like the art style of it kind of reminds you a little bit more older school series like um Shoot, my brain's going blank. But like, maybe kind of, kind of like a cowboy bebop era, like like a late '90s, early 2000s type of visual look to it. So, um, but yeah, like I said, more or less centered around uh, boxing. So yeah, check it out, Megalobox. So we're gonna take another quick break, and we're gonna jump into some manga talk. Alright, so let's go ahead and jump right into the manga talk. Um, lots of series, doing lots of crazy stuff. Um, I'm kind of say up front, um, I'm not going to do a in-depth talk on Jujutsu Kaisen. Um, the chapter is pretty solid, but it was very dialogue heavy. And it was you know, definitely like a lot of things and techniques and curse techniques and different stuff going on that was... A bit tough for me to kind of follow, to be honest. Um, you know, we we basically end up learning the full name of the entity. Um, well, I, I, I guess I'm already in it, so <laughs> let me just go ahead and just talk about it. So, yeah, so with uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, this, this was what, chapter 145. I might as well just go ahead and just touch on it briefly. Um the guy that we meet at the end of the last chapter was basically uh, Tengen, the guy that creates the barrier um, that basically protects the Jutsu school. So, so yeah, so they talk to him. He's going over a lot of history of, you know, his place in the world. Um, we learned some interesting things about Gojo and Ghetto's history and we learned the actual name of shoot what was his name 
Kenjaku is the name of basically the entity that took over Ghetto's body, you know, whereas like the stitches across the forehead. So that's what the person's name is. Um, seems like he's been around almost as long as Sukuna. And so through these discussions, Tengen ends up, uh, like I said, going over a bunch of stuff with our group. And so one of the things he ends up saying is like, okay, hey, in exchange for some of the stuff, he needs two of them to stay behind and protect him. And it ends up being the chick, uh, I can't remember what her name is, as well as uh, Choso. They volunteer to stay behind to help while Yuta and the rest of them are going to go enter into this, uh, the calling. And so, yeah, lots of uh, crazy stuff going on. Like I said, there was a lot of stuff that was discussed that it's very technical for me to try to follow and, and reiterate, but just know lots of crazy stuff going on. Um, Tengen gave them this piece called the back of the prison realm to help them with getting freeing Gojo from the prism that he's currently sealed within. And so, yeah. And then we kind of get this cool tease at the very end of, uh, of potential characters we're going to be meeting in the calling game. There's a sorcerer says from a thousand years ago who calls herself an angel and says that her curse technique can't extinguish any curse technique. And her name is Hana Kurosu. So, like I said, lots of cool stuff said that was set up in this chapter um, for what's to come in Jujutsu Kaisen. But, yeah, let's go ahead and hop on to the next thing. Alright, so, on to the actual full proper discussion I want to jump into. Um... And it's going to be Dr. Stone. So, Dr. Stone, chapter 192, titled, Until We Meet Again. So, okay, pretty much, you know, we kind of pick up where things left off at the end of last chapter with the petrification device being activated. And so, we start to see the shock wave or the petrification wave slowly make its way out from North America to you know, engulf the whole planet. And so what Senku was planning to do was to basically what they've done before time tossing a bottle of the revival fluid up in the air so that right after he gets petrified, you know, it would, the fluid would fall on him and it would, you know, basically unfree him from the petrification. Well, while him and Krom was talking about that, they, uh, I think it was Stanley or somebody ends up shooting Senku in the shoulder and the shock and the blast now hits him in the shoulder also breaks the container of the revival fluid he had and of course you know now Zeno and Stanley are freaking out because now they see the lights from the petrification wave coming over on the horizon and there are so many just like beautiful panels across this whole chapter but um but yeah so like i said people are seeing the the oncoming wave and so the rest of our crew are basically kind of doing everything that they can in the last ditch effort to try to help out senku and stuff and so a lot of them kind of end up breaking free and they all head towards um senku's stash or their stash of uh of all the bottles of revival fluid and so you know they're trying to get that over to Senku's group as quickly as possible well of course Zeno predicted that and a lot of the soldiers end up just like shooting the crap out of everybody and so we have this brief moment where it looks like uh, uh, Suika got just demolished luckily she didn't but in the moment it's very scary so you know Stanley or Zeno has his little back and forth with Stanley picking him about like, oh, it took you so long to come get me. It's because I was in a, basically a princess uh, or a damsel in distress. And so 
after that, this is when we have the moment where it's discovered that Suika didn't get shot. She slipped out of her helmet, and that's what got blasted up as she's making her way, running away with all these bottles of, of revival fluid. But they're shooting at her, shooting at her feet. She trips and falls, and pretty much almost all of the bottles of revival fluid fall on the ground and crack except for one. Um, Suika ends up tossing one to Chrome. He tosses it to the uh, the speech guy, the kind of like, like magician dude, tosses it to him, and he places it within this device that they had created. Um, I guess they had disguised it as like a as a Medusa Tower receiver or something, but in his final words, as Zeno kind of starts to piece things together, Senku says, did you catch on yet, Zeno? After humanity, after humanity's petrified again, it could be days, even months. Might be a wild animal's cry or a lightning. Some natural sound is bound to make our scientific revival fluid rain down on us. And so basically this device is going to make the revival fluid, you know, rain down on everybody there but as Senku said it could be who knows how long and so Stanley then starts rushing towards this tower to grab that bottle of revival fluid before it's activated and so Chrome and everybody starts rushing Stanley to keep him down the stairs and so Senku basically talks to Suika and is like hey you're the only one left who can get to the base of the tower you want to be helpful, right? And so, of course, right now, she, you know, she doesn't have her glasses, but she is doing her freaking best. And so she's up here flipping and jumping up the stairs into the tower. And she makes, you know, reaches out and activates the device in this freaking beautiful panel of her reaching up to the sky. Tears going down her face as the petrification is coming. And then the device gets activated at the very last second, right as the petrification beam hits it and then we get this final shot of Senku saying bye for now Zeno it could be days, it could be years until humanity is revived again but we'll meet again so until that day, see ya and that's how the freaking chapter ends so <laughs> whew, this is just a very wild freaking roller coaster of all this stuff man and so I'm guessing at this point next chapter we are going to get some type some type of time skip um, ahead to whenever you know they get revived I'm guessing um, but who knows you know because Dr. Stone sometimes well not just sometimes a lot of times surprises me with how you think it's going to go left but they go upside down <laughs> you know so yeah, just very curious to see where this all is going to go. And if it is a time skip, how much time will actually pass? You know, will it be a few months? Will it be 50, 10,000 years, whatever? Um, but yeah, I feel like this is just going to be just another very big shift in the story. And just wondering, like, where do things go from here? Because if the revival fluid just rains down on everybody in the area then it's going to be a real big dice roll on how this stuff could play out because it's like, okay is it going to hit one of Zeno's people first one of Senku's people first both at the same time who knows so yeah this is kind of like in some ways in a weird way kind of like hitting the reset button on everything again so it feels like this is chapter one all over again where it's like hey everybody got petrified and then it was like, see, like chapter two is like, hey, you know, like 7,000 or however many years later, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, very interesting stuff. Uh, Dr. Stone, like I said, just very good. So, so good. So, yeah, let's move on to the next series. Okay, so moving on over to One Piece manga chapter 1010. That's One Piece Manga Chapter 1010, titled Color of the Supreme King. And so we get this cool little cover page of Pudding with several of the uh, 
homies from Whole Cake Hiding Island all putting eye drops in. <laughs> Another random cover story, but let's hop right into the chapter. So, pick up where we left off from last time with Big Mom falling down from Onigashima. And then, you know, of course, she's, she's calling out for Zeus. He's not coming because he's trapped in the box. And then we see... Who was it? Uh, oh yeah, Kaido was making a rush for Zoro, and then Law switches out with Zoro, and does and hits him with a injection shot attack. So does a little damage to him, but Kaido of course brushes it off, knocks him back, and then we see Prometheus and Napoleon flying down to help that big mom. And then you know we see. You know, got you no. Know, of course, they're separated. Kid and killer hop off. Like, hey, this is good enough. We'll go take care of Big Mom. And so, we kind of get this brief moment where you know, Prometheus them save Big Mom, and they have a little bit of dialogue where he's like, hey, Mama, you know, talking about how unreliable Zeus is and how useless he is. And then Prometheus says, like, hey, how's this? I want to ask you. Of. And I think in that moment, I think that. Prometheus might end up putting the idea of like, hey, why don't we just create a new Zeus, basically, or a new homie, um, and get rid of the current Zeus. That's kind of where I'm thinking, because like after that, the clouds start doing some weird stuff, so I'm pretty sure Big Mama is doing something crazy. So, we hop over back to the main, to the other group, and we see Zoro basically getting ready to do an attack and he tells laws like hey this is basically going to be my last attack i can do and so we see zoro for the first time i think since before the time skip where he does a nine sword style ashura attack and look freaking awesome he hits kaido actually does some damage does a big gash score on his chest but not enough to take down Kaido. Kaido blitzes them and hits, uh, I think, is it both? Yeah, both Zoro and Law with with a Thunder Bagua. So it knocks them out the way. Then we see, oh, actually, after Zoro hit Kaido with that attack, it seems like we get, we get confirmation that Zoro also has Conqueror's Hockey because after the attack, Kaido looks back at him and he's like, boy, don't tell me you have Conqueror's hockey, hockey too. And then he attacks them and then we see Luffy hop up, starts to go in as he's speaking and thinking back on all the stuff that, you know, old man Hio talks to him about, about how Rio works. So yeah, so Luffy's going over, like I said, thinking about all the words of old man Hio. And he basically says to Kaido that he, after his last attack, that he figured out that you can infuse Conqueror's Hockey into stuff. And, his, and then uh, Kaido laughs and he's like, yep, basically like, yep, but only a handful of the very strongest can do that. And so Luffy jumps up and... As Kaido's coming in for a swing, he blocks the attack with a kick, but they're not making contact. So basically very reminiscent of the moment we got in the Odin flashback of when Roger and Whitebeard were fighting and starting trying to clash. And it was just like this shockwave of hockey coming off and they weren't even touching. That's basically what Luffy's doing now. So Luffy's doing all these crazy flips and stuff and kicks, does a punch to, to Kaido's side, does an uppercut, and knocks Kaido down, and then Law is like, yo, he's not even touching him, and so Luffy very confidently says, Zoro, Traffy, thanks for, for protecting me, but you can go downstairs now, I'm gonna beat him no matter what it takes, go ahead and let everybody know, so it looks like we're about to get freaking Luffy versus Kaido 1v1 and you know the rumors or the uh, the old saying with Kaido is like land, sea, or air if it's one-on-one -on -one, always bet on Kaido so Luffy about to make history <laughs> so 
yeah, this is going to be very curious to see, like, what is about to happen here. Like, is Luffy also going to pull out a new gear form or anything like this in this fight? Because it does seem kind of wild that, like, all of, like, all of a sudden he's, like, boom, for to start trying to fight Kaido one-on-one. Not that I'm mad about it. Hey, I'm ready to see some action. But, yeah, still just, like, so just very curious. Um very hype just action heavy chapter like I said Zoro doing his thing with the with the Ashura nine swords attack and Kidden Killer going after Big Mom and now Luffy about to take on Kaido one on one so yeah uh, sadly One Piece is on break next week but hey Odin needs his rest every now and then so we'll just see this back on the 25th so yeah that's one piece for the week. Alright, so next up we got My Hero Academia Manga Chapter 308 titled Full Power. So, yeah, we pretty much dive right into the Deku versus Muscular Part 2 fight. And we get, get some really cool shots of Deku with his mask over his face and kind of kind of looks like very menacing in a way um definitely definitely way better than <laughs> how things looked in season one but throughout the fight um freaking muscular just freaking super strong just watching him just diving in and flipping half of a whole freaking building like he just literally just jumps in grabs part of a building flips it towards deku which is just wild to see but um, in the process or throughout the chapter, you're seeing like these puffs of like these trails of smoke everywhere. And we find out that Deku has now unlocked the quirk of the sixth user, which is smoke screen. So we get these kind of cool back to back moments where he's using all the quirks that he has unlocked. So he's using the seventh quirk float, the sixth quirk smokescreen, the fifth quirk black whip, and the fourth quirk quirk danger sense, all, you know, back-to-back -back versus muscular, and so th this definitely is very interesting, because I'm pretty sure, you know, this is something I think a lot of people have talked about and speculated a bit over time as he's unlocked more and more of these quirks. Looking at most of these quirks now you can definitely see the reason why a lot of these people didn't really have little to no chance against all for one because majority of these quirks are pretty you know more supportive because the only one that, that is like actual like like a direct attack type of thing is black whip um, but otherwise it's just like okay you can fly around you can create diver diversions or reduce visibility with smoke screen and then danger sense you know like spider sense like hey okay you can kind of detect stuff coming but that's pretty much it so so yeah so now with him having uh more or less direct access to all the predecessors it was really cool seeing the kind of like image of the sixth kind of like right next to him and talking to him when he was using the smoke screen basically just kind of like being like yo hey you're using too much of the smoke screen you know dial it down a bit basically so that's pretty cool that he can kind of get these direct talks and conversations with the predecessors now seemingly at a at a moment's notice so yeah that's really cool but um but yeah this, this definitely makes me wonder even more so if the second and third had more like physical attack type of quirks, you know, because I really can't think of because I don't know, you know, unless one of them is, you know, teleportation or something. Um, he definitely, I think he definitely needs at least like one or two other type of like physical attack things, you know, like electricity or something you know like so besides just you know just the raw power punching and kicking and the black whip you know like i said just for for some of these uh 
potentially, you know, end of series battles with like Sugar Rocky and All for One and stuff like that. So, yeah, like I said, just very interesting getting more context for that. And so, you know, throughout the chapter, you know, there's a moment where Deku kind of stops and tries to talk things out with Muscular, but it's like, hey, why are you like this? And <laughs> Muscular's just basically like, hey, I'm just trying to live my life with no regrets. And, and, you know, having fun as much as he wants. And so he basically tells Deku, like, hey, if you're trying to sympathize with me, take that crap elsewhere. The only thing you'll find in my heart and soul is blood and violence. So that's when Deku, you know, kind of comes to the realization, like, okay, hey, this is one of the situations where, like, you know, like the predecessors talked about, like, hey, not everybody is going to be able to be saved. So, yeah, that kind of goes in, and we end the chapter with, you know, him, I think, looks like I think he, yeah, punched him in the side. And so, yeah, just very, very interesting. Like I said, just seeing Deku just freely flipping between, you know, four quirks at one time. Um, yeah, like I said, just, just once again, just makes me very interest, interested to see and learn more about what these second and third users' quirks are because, yeah, he, he definitely is going to need, like I said, at least one of those to be some other, like, physical type of thing, um, you know, whether it be maybe something that happened with the defense or just something, you know, because, like I said, just the, being able to, to sense danger and smoke screen and floating, you know, can be helpful except for support and maneuverability but as far as like dealing damage eh, not too impactful but you know we'll see all right and that's gonna do it for this episode um once again as always thank you to everybody that has shown support and watched and listened or listened <laughs> me talking about watching uh, yeah, I am uh, pretty tired. I, you know, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I did, you know, since last week's big episode, I've done like the Attack on Titan one, the Villain Saga specials, um, and now doing this all within the span of a few days. And then I'm potentially working on a going to be part of a big project um, as well, which. By the time this is coming out, you might have heard or seen something about. So um, I'll kind of tease. Uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, things work out. I'll get a chance to join the crew over on the My Hero Academia podcast to discuss the newest chapter 308 with them. So it'll be very fun. Like I said, kind of my first time getting to podcast with more than just myself <laughs> so yeah be on the lookout for that like I said hopefully by the time you're hearing this that already happened and went through fingers crossed um but yeah so very exciting very tired like I said but I feel very fulfilled and very warm inside you know cause like hey I'm tired but I'm tired because I am putting work and time and effort into something that I love and that I'm enjoying doing. Um, the response has been very awesome, especially to that attack, attack on Titan, which should have expected, you know, hey, somebody talking about the last episode of a series, so bound to get plenty of attention, but have gotten an equal amount of attention from uh, the Venice Saga one as well, so yeah um like i said thank you once again to everybody out there that's listening and showing support um like i said greatly appreciate it uh, yeah so coming up i am eagerly anticipating getting to jump into the next villain saga manga chapters and then you know, like i said eventually doing a review and stuff for those um and who knows what else, but for sure, excited to jump into Venice Saga and things of that nature. So, yeah, uh, hopefully everybody out there has a awesome week ahead. 
say, be kind to yourself, be kind to others, treat yourself to something nice, spend some quality time for yourself, and yeah, have fun doing and enjoying the things you love to do. And as usual, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at MastermindRob7. Um, you can either reach out to me and email me. You can also email me at dnttpodcast at gmail.com. And yeah, uh, thanks to Rifty Beats for the music as usual as well. And I think that's going to do it. Uh, once again, thank you, everybody. Y'all have an awesome time out there. Love y'all. Peace.